Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord.
Hallelujah. And our precious brother, brother, what will be coming to them for to open this service in a word of prayer? Hallelujah. I know the master of the wind. I know.
My Lord, we thank you this morning for this privilege and opportunity that we have, O oh God, to gather in your name, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, O oh God. Father God, that you come and remind us, O oh God, that you, Father God, are the maker of the rain this morning, O oh Lord. Father God, the storms that we might be facing, O oh God, Father God, you know where they start and where they'll end, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, this morning we come, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, and some of us may be heavenly burdened this morning, O oh God. Some of us, O oh God, might be on the mountaintop, O oh God. Some might be in the valley fighting a battle, O oh Lord. But this morning, O oh God, we know one thing, O oh God. Father, that you know it all, O oh God. Father God, that you are with us, O oh God. My Father, I pray this morning, O oh Lord, as we sing, O oh God, as we worship you this morning, O oh Lord. Father, that you'd prepare our hearts, O oh God, to receive your word, O oh God. Father God, because that word, O oh God, is life unto us, O oh God. Father, without you, O oh God, it will never be revealed unto us, O oh God. We pray this morning, O oh Lord, may you bless our dear brother as he leads us in songs, O oh God. Father God, our dear pastor that will stand in the gap, O oh God. Father, may you use him, O oh God, to speak to us this morning, O oh Lord. My God, I pray, O oh God, as we surrender all, O oh God. Father God, may we leave all at thy altar this morning, O oh Lord. Father God, for Lord, we know one thing, O oh God, that you are the maker, O oh Lord. Father God, that you are the master this morning, O oh Lord. Father God, we love you this morning. Father, we hand over this service in thy mighty hand now, Lord. Father God, may you come, O oh Lord, and work in us, O oh God. We pray now in Jesus' mighty name, O oh Lord. Bless us, O oh God, with your word. Indeed, O oh God, we love you. Thank you, O oh God. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Just turn to your neighbor and welcome him once again. Welcome him. Welcome him. Hallelujah.
Let's just say Lion of Judah. Hallelujah. We worship you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lion of Judah. We worship you.
Hallelujah. Let's give them another Hallelujah. Before we carry on, just a little announcement. Uh, we've been requested to parents to carry our little ones, those that are occupying seats, so to create some space. Hallelujah. Let's just carry our little ones on our laps. Hallelujah. I'll take this moment uh, and give it to the deacons to collect some tithing and offerings. As we say,
Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to welcome the deacon. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Banyan to come to the fore and to take the service over. Hallelujah. Makanaka Jesus. Oh, Makanaka Oh, oh, oh. 
if you don't mind, I think let's just bow his when my friend Brother Philip will be coming just to say a word of prayer for the offerings. So God bless you, Brother Philip. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, Lord. No, Lord, the only way we can get those things, Lord, is not by our own works, Lord. You've done the work for us, Lord. Lord, you've given us the ability to come here today, Lord. And Lord, to pay our tithings, Lord, and to do that which is right. And if we do that which is right in your sight, all those things will be added unto us. We thank you, Lord, that the spirits. Your you said will come upon us, our Lord. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, faith, gentleness, temperance, Lord, will all be added unto us, our Lord. And oh Lord, we'll become, Lord, the statue of a perfect man, our Lord. And oh Lord, we'll all be that great army, Lord Jesus. The building of the great army that will take over the Lord. And we shall be raptured, our Lord. We thank you for this day, Lord. We pray, Lord, you may bless every person, Lord. You know their hearts, Lord. You know how they feel, Lord. You know the innermost feelings, Lord, the, the desires, Lord. They've given unto you, Lord. They've given up their time today, Lord, to come and worship you, Lord. And they've come here for a blessing, Lord. And we will definitely re receive a blessing, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you may go with us further, Lord. Let thy will be done. We pray for the pastor, Lord. And circumcise his lips, O Lord. Our ears may be open, Lord. Our hearts may be open, Lord. And may we receive you, Lord. We will walk out here, Lord. Better people, better Christians, O Lord. To fight the battle that's ahead of us in this dark world, Lord. We hand it over to you, Lord, and let thy will be done. Amen. We greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are happy to be gathered in this fashion here. And just to come and praise creator here and, um, and just listen to the word. Amen. <clears throat> so we, we are glad to have each and every individual in this room. So we, we apologize for, I think it will be a little bit uh, uh, hot, uh, especially in front, but we really are trying our level best with the prayers and the back with the icons. And then um, um, yeah, so thanks for, for the musicians. We, we are happy. Uh, I see the sisters when they say the lighthouse sisters only here, they are a little bit few. The brothers are only three, stand two or three. Um, and, um, yeah, I can be part brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look uh, lonely here, but only two brothers there. Um, if you don't mind, I can come and add value and take you to the brothers, uh, singers. I'm always available for, for, for the services. God bless you. Um, and then um, we really appreciate. Uh, uh, welcome, brother, a friend of mine here, brother Ezekiel Chimeta. Uh, I think I didn't welcome you last weekend. God bless you, my brother. Just bless you. God bless you. Uh, okay, brother 
Harold here. God bless you, Brother Harold. Amen. And uh, Brother Tafatwa. I think both of them, Tafatwas. Is another Tafatwa? Oh, okay. Raise your Tafatwa and Brother Tafatwa. God bless you, brothers. We love you. Uh, and also, Brother Peter. And God bless you, Brother Peter. And Brother Trevor. God bless you, sir. And then we, we really we are happy. I think you are coming from the George Martin Church. Eh? Oh, God bless you, brothers. We, we, we appreciate your presence here. And then, um, right, oh, Sister Puanya from Harare also. If you can just raise your hand, Sister. God bless you. <laughs> your presence. Um, we, we, we are happy. But Austin and the saints from Kenda, just, uh, they just raise your hand, all of you, that they can bless you. Uh, but I've got some services at Kenda during the week. So here is my, uh, they are my witnesses. Uh, so, <laughs> so they are not all, it's just I think five of them that managed to come. But uh, we've got few there. We are trying our level best. Amen. So God bless you. And then, um, so uh, if there is anyone that is for the first time, maybe that we didn't have his or her name, you can just raise your hand. We acknowledge your presence here. Uh, oh, no one. So you are all. Uh, so is it you, brother? Oh, oh, for the first time. Food. All right, no, God bless you, sir. So, we, we are really happy to have you all. And then, um, and then, as I've already acknowledged, the musicians, the service that you are giving to us, we really appreciate you, Brother Melvin, Brother Spoo, all of you. Um, we really appreciate uh, Sister Lorraine with the children. We, we really appreciate the service. You know, when I say you, you just give service to the church, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Hallelujah. Yeah, we, the Lord Jesus said we must serve, so we are saving. Amen. Yeah. So we are saving the children of God. I was reading, Brother says the only way that you, you will serve God is to serve his own children. So uh, if you save his children, you are saving him. Amen. So God bless you. And as we have announced, we've got double service. We'll be having uh, our communion service. will start at 4 p.m. So we'll gather here at 4 p.m. And then at half past four, I think the musicians, as the pastor said, it will be sort of a musical service until we go to the communion. So you are invited for the second service that will start at 4 p.m. And then we communion service at that time. So God bless you. Uh, those that will come, those who will not be able to make it also, we say may God be with you. And then uh, let us just stand on our feet when we welcome our precious dear pastor this morning. Um, and then just another thing, I think uh, the sisters and the brothers in front, we don't have a space at the back, so we're just going to be here. And even the musician, unfortunately, you're just going to be here where you are. Unless if you...
prefer to go and stand up at the back there with Brother Musabi and uh, Brother Dibali. They are standing on their feet. You can just go and stand up there. Apologies, ne? We love you, but apologies. Bless you. Brother Marcus. How excellent is your name. How excellent is your name. How excellent is your name. Oh, Lord. Oh, how excellent is your name. How excellent is your name.
greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you happy to be in church this morning? Amen. How many agree that how excellent is his name? Amen. Amen. We are very much happy to worship the kind of God that we worship. Amen. Amen. Maybe without waste of time, uh, let us turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm 96. It's not even. How many still praise him with psalms? Hallelujah. How many still praise him with psalms? Amen. Um, psalm 96, verse 1. It reads in this manner. Maybe let's read all of us. Amen. I've come to learn that when I come to church, I should never be afraid to, to worship God based on who's sitting next to me. Amen. 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 Somebody says, don't, don't, don't look at me praising God and think that my praise is crazy. Because you don't know the story behind my praise. Amen. How many years God has done something special for them? Amen. I don't know whether if God has ever done something for you and your heart was just overflowing with gratitude. Amen. The danger with our time is that people do not have gratitude. I, I often, when I officiate in weddings, you see a young man and a young woman coming together, and as they exchange their vows, you see them with tears flowing down their cheeks. It's because they are overwhelmed with gratitude. The young woman is looking at the young man and say, God, I thank you for bringing this young man my way. And the young man is looking at the young woman and say, God, I thank you for creating this special masterpiece for me. But after some time, gratitude evaporates. And there's disputes. And, and when there is no gratitude, then there is no appreciation. Amen. Spiritually speaking, it's in the same manner. When God has done something for you, you've got to be filled with gratitude. Amen. I like the song that some of us would have died on the way had the Lord not saved us. How many are witnesses to that? Amen. Let, 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 you know, I'm going to speak on the season of worship. And there is no way that I can speak on worship without saying something about David. I think David was the greatest worshiper of all times. Amen. Maybe that's what made him to be a man after God's own heart. Amen. Uh, there we go. Some you can read it in, from your Bible. This is King James Version. If it's not King's Version, you will sing out of tune. Amen. Uh, maybe, maybe, brothers, you can just drag it a little bit higher. See, you are able to move it, just move it higher. Uh, yes. 
let's 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 read it. You, you, to be read. Amen. Let's start. Many agree with the psalm. Yes, Amen. Now I'll turn to the book of John. This psalm was written when the ark was returning back to Israel after it was captured by the Philistines. David wrote this psalm. John chapter 4. just going to be, you know, is our favorite scripture. It's just the conversation between the Samaritan woman and the Messiah. <clears throat> but I like, I want it where Jesus says, or verse 19, uh, St. John 4, verse 19, the woman saith unto him, Say, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, 
Woman, believe me. Hallelujah. Believe me. The hour cometh when he shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I am that speak unto thee, am he. As we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, as mortals we have gathered this morning, just to express our thanksgiving unto you. As we read from the psalm, there is no God like you. And all idols around the world, there is none that can match your majesty. You are the creator of heavens and earth. You were there before other gods were there. You were there before planets were created. And this morning, our hearts are full of gratitude because we have come to know you, because you revealed yourself unto us through the weight of the hour. And that's why this morning we want to commit every man and woman in the building to you, including myself as I'm standing here on the platform. Let everything run for your glory, and let no man take glory from you, dear God, as we commit the service to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Are you happy this morning? Amen. Are you happy this morning? Amen. Stay with me. Don't sleep on me, please. Amen. Still too early for you to sleep on me. Amen. I want to speak on a season of worship. That's what I want to speak on this morning. And by the time I'm done, I wish to that by the time I would have done, been done, then you would know what is amen. The elders are standing there. There are some, there are some chairs here. Yeah? There are some bus, is it chest tools, not bus tools. <laughs> Amen. Are we together? When I'm done, I wish that you would know where is the place of worship, who should be the object of your worship, what should be the nature of your worship, and what should be the effects of your worship. That's what I, I wish by the time I'm done, I would have covered that one. Now, God, God is perfect. 
God is powerful. God is majestic. God is glorious. God is powerful. Do I have witnesses in the building? But uh, just maybe to make your mind spin, I've picked up that God has got a weakness. Hallelujah. I know some people are becoming jittery. Does God have a weakness? Yes, God has a weakness. And it is the only weakness that he has. He cannot worship himself. Hallelujah. They, 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 that's one thing that he cannot do. Because when you worship, the word worship, it means it is derived from worship. That means you find somebody, something, or somebody that you ascribe worthiness to. Hallelujah. Somebody that you can express your gratitude to. But there is no one above God. Hallelujah. He's got nobody that you can go and express gratitude to. Because he's Elohim. He was there before anything could be there. Hallelujah. But because he couldn't worship himself, he created you to worship him. Hallelujah. And and your main duty upon the face of the earth is to worship the almighty God. That's why David says, let everything that has breath. I've got only 3% of the church. Let everything that has breath. Amen. If you've got breath this morning, you've got to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Zolani, it doesn't cost money to praise God. Hallelujah. It it was your God-given right to worship the Almighty God. But uh, I've realized that uh, a lot of times around worship, we become very superficial in our approach to worship. In a sense that there are times where we think that music is worship. Music is an outlet of worship. Hallelujah. It's a vehicle through which you express worship. Uh, when, 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 if you jump, you dance in spirit, those are the outlets of worship. But to, today, I want us to go and look at the essence of worship. Are we together? And I've realized that all of us, the devil, or maybe before I get there, I've got some something over here. The prophet of God says now, this is the time where everything must worship. Uh, Do you agree with that one? Amen. And it doesn't cost money to say amen when I speak. It means you agree. Amen. Now, now is the time when everything must worship. And it says, now, how appropriate. Now, don't let us miss this one. Listen close. When all the mysteries of the church age was finished, when all the mysteries of the plans of redemption and them seven seals was opened, right immediately after this now, look, it's time for all, everything in heaven and everything on earth, 
to worship God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But he says, after what? After what? Today, we are going to have a, if you don't participate, I close the church. The service. He says, after the seven church ages have been finished, have they been finished? After the mysteries of the plans of redemption have been revealed, have they been revealed? After the seals were opened, have they been opened? And he says, after all these things, then is time for everything in heaven and everything on earth to worship God. Hallelujah. And I think the reason he says after the seven church ages and after the seals and after the mysteries of the plans of redemption, he simply means that now you can worship God with some understanding. Hallelujah. Your worship will not just be the noise in church, but it is something that you will do with a deeper understanding. But for that to happen, then it means the seals must have been opened. And I will tell you why the seals must be opened before you can really understand the essence of worship. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Now, he says, we, in the message question and answers, we've got to get in the spirit of the last days, when the last days are here. He's referring to the world in general, not to you as believers. Do you believe that the world is now in the spirit of the last days? He says, if you go to a dance hall, you've got to get in the spirit of dancing, or you will not dance at all. Hallelujah. If you go to a a sporting event, you've got to be in the spirit of where you are going in order to express or to to fit in with where you are going. Hallelujah. That's why you cannot wear a suit when you are going to a soccer match between Orlando Pirates and Chiefs. Because it will indicate that you are not in the spirit of that game. But you see them with Vuvuzelas. They get themselves in the spirit before they get there. But it says, if you go to church, you've got to get in the spirit of worship before you can worship God. Hallelujah. So that means worship does not start in the church. Hallelujah. Some of you actually have been worshiping since Wednesday. Some of you have been worshiping since Thursday. And you are here to express what you have experienced throughout the week. Okay? And there might be some that just experience worship as we speak. But I don't think you will succeed. Hallelujah. And we'll share, worship is not a church activity. Worship is a spiritual activity. Worship is not a, a thing that you do in a specific day, but it's a thing that you do every day. Hallelujah. Real worshipers worship God from Sunday to the next Sunday. Are we together? And that is why when they come to church, they come because the Bible, I think it was David that says, as the deer panteth for water, my soul panteth for you. Hallelujah. You, you know, I don't know, maybe you don't know the deer. The deer, when it, it says panteth, when it pants, when it comes across at the well where it's supposed to drink, it goes like, <laughs> have you ever seen that? that that's panting. That means it's, it's thirsty for water. 
And now David looked at it as a shepherd and said, exactly the way the deer behaves around the world. That's how a believer is like. They are thirsting more of God. Worship makes you to thirst more of God. Hallelujah. I hope you are with me here. Now, worship, or maybe before I go there, there are some things that... He says here in this message, the third seal, when the truth of a promised word of God has been truly revealed to his saints, that's filled with oil, they all get stimulated. Wine is a stimulation. Glory. I feel it right now, stimulated with joy, shouts. When it does, it has the same effect upon them that wine does upon a natural man. Hallelujah. I don't know, have you ever met a drunkard? A drunkard is not afraid of anybody. Hallelujah. A drunkard can address anybody. So when a believer has been stimulated, it has the same effect on him or her, the same as wine has on a natural man. That means you can look at the devil and say, devil, you are nothing. Hallelujah. But what makes you to do that? It must be stimulation. And what brings stimulation? The revealed weight of your hour. Hallelujah. So the real worship has got to do with the revealed weight of your hour. Unless the weight has been revealed to you, you cannot be a worshiper. Are you still with me? But it says because when the revelation has been given of a truth of God, and the true believer filled with oil, and the revelation is revealed, the stimulation becomes so great that it makes him behave himself anomaly. Hallelujah. You remember, uh, we just read a psalm here, when the ark had been captured by the Philistines. The first thing that we see, we see it is David. He assembled the 30,000 men to go and fetch the ark. And when they went there to fetch the ark, they put the ark on the cart, which was not God's provided way. Hallelujah. It had to be carried by the Levites. Now, when they put it on the ark, it stumbled when the court came across somewhere, and one of the men wanted to touch it, and he was struck dead there because he was unworthy to touch the ark. What does the ark symbolize? It symbolizes the word of God. That's why before anybody preaches, you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. You must be, your life must be worthy of the gospel or you will die prematurely. Are you here, here with me? Now, we see after the first attempt failed, then he tries it the second time. And before he does it the second time, he offers the Lord the sacrifice to appease the Lord. And after the sacrifice was offered, then we see him succeeding in bringing the ark back to Israel. And the ark was just a small little box, wooden box, but it symbolized God's presence among his people. Hallelujah. And actually, when you read that, you realize, I think it's 2 Samuel chapter 6, you realize that for three months, it stayed in the house of another man. And it says, as long as the ark was in the house of that man, that man prospered. Yes. And when David heard what God is doing in the household of that man, he said, now it's time to bring the ark home. Because when the weight is in your heart, you will prosper. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. 
And when we say profitable, we're not referring to money. Hallelujah. There is more, there is a higher level of prosperity than finance. It is that inner peace. Are you, are you here with me? Now, when the ark was coming back, uh, David as a king, he was happy. He started dancing. He was wearing a fine linen, the ephod, and he was dancing up and down. And when the wife looked and peeped through the window and saw the king dancing in that manner, it irritated her. And say, how can such a dignitary behave in that manner? And uh, let me tell you something. Worship has got no room for humanly dignitary. That's why sometimes I see people trying to worship. I call it a, a bulletproof worship. Have you ever seen somebody wearing a bulletproof? They cannot raise their hands. They, it's, it's such a discomfort. They cannot clap their hands. And some believers, they come to church wearing a, a, a proof. But I say, take off your bulletproof and praise the Lord in his presence. Yeah. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, uh, David, when he started dancing, he did not even care about the hierarchy in Israel. He did not even care about his position. He was unrefined in his dancing. He started going up and down because why? To him he saw the restored weight. And the restored weight brought jubilation to his heart. He started dancing. And when the woman looked, the wife looked and said, you can't do it like that. Goodness, then there are some partners like that. Hallelujah. Before a woman can say amen, looks at the husband whether will approve. Hallelujah. Before the husband can say amen, looks at the wife whether will approve. Like I normally tell you about a certain man that was told that, look, the wife was working and he wasn't working and said, look, I'm not going to buy you shoes because you really make a lot of noise when the pastor preaches. If you can shut, that, shut up, then I will get you sorted with your shoes. And the man came to church and as the pastor was preaching, even the pastor was surprised that the amen corner was hit by a cold front. But, you know, worship you can never, ever contain worship. While he was there thinking about shoes, inside, there was, a, there was a commotion taking place. Until in the middle of the sermon, he stood up and said, shoes or no shoes. Hallelujah. And I, I, I don't know how many believers today can say, no matter what the devil has done, I have got a praise for the Lord and I will praise him. And that's how, and when this woman and sisters stay with me here, I would rather have a husband that is stimulated with spiritual wine, that can go up and down and dancing for the Lord, rather than have a husband that goes to a beer hall. Are you here? Uh, Because such a, and I'll come to that because, over the years, and I was thinking last night, I said, when we were growing up in the message, young as we were, we had people that we knew in church, that when after church we got home as young stars, we would imitate them. How many have ever played church? You know that mama, how she said amen, when you got home, you imitated her. 
you know that man, me, uh, there is a brother that uh, some know, it was Brother Mujapilo. When he is blessed, he will take his Bible and eat it and say, praise be to God. So as youngsters, when we go to home, we we'll imitate him. But I see youngsters have got nobody to imitate in church anymore because the church has become starchy. Yes. Men have adjusted their tires. Women have adjusted their two pieces. They can never raise their hands. Am I talking to somebody? The church has become so starchy. Until such time, if somebody says hallelujah, somebody looks scared and says, why are you saying hallelujah? Let me tell you something. You don't know where I have been. You don't know where the Lord found me. Quite frankly, folks, I, I, I really don't care how somebody looks at me. You were not there when he found me. You were not there when I thought I was done. But God came my way and had picked me. And I'm not going to stop worshiping him because he looked me at a funny way. No, sir. Let everything that has breath. Praise the Lord, and I am one of them. Amen. Are we together? I want my sons to grow up knowing that in church, daddy can become happy. I want my sons to grow up and know when daddy is in church, he's at the right place. And how will they know? They must see me having joy. Are we still here? Amen. Amen. And you know, you play church, but I'm not playing church anymore. I play church as a youngster. But over the years, God takes you through certain experiences where you now realize that, okay, that old lady was not just excited. She had experienced something that the people never knew what she had experienced. Have we ever experienced something that you can never share with anyone? And you come into the presence of the Lord and your heart is full of gratitude. And they see tears streaming down your cheeks and they've got no idea what is happening. And you've got no idea as to who's there because you know how the Lord has dealt you in a very specific manner. Do I have witnesses this morning? That's why when this woman looked at David and made fun, and, and, and he, she came and said, look, how can you dance before other women like that? Sounds familiar. How can you make such a noise when the rest of the sisters are there? Can't you be like the rest of the brothers? They are calm, gently, and they just nod their, their head. No, 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 no. Maybe they have not experienced what I've experienced. Hallelujah. The day they experience what they have experienced, they will never care who's sitting next to them. You know what David said? He said, you saw me dancing with might. It was just the beginning. I'm still going to dance even more. 
Hallelujah. Amen. You hear me saying amen, but it's not enough. I'm still going to say more. Amen. And when we get to heaven, I will holler amen, amen. to everybody's ears so that they can know he has arrived. But here's the painful part. She never had children until she died because of that. Sometimes, if you're the kind of a person where you don't know what is your source of comedy, you think in church you can source comedy, you look at people being blessed and you think it's comedy, you might be bringing a reproach upon your life. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Never make people, never make fun of people in church. Amen. How they behave is none of your business. Amen. If your children try, say, "Okay, I we used to, but we had parents that said, you know, don't do it like that." Amen. Are we together? Amen. Worship is not entertainment. And I'm worried that uh, today we've got church folks that are being entertained rather than entering a realm of worship. You want me to go further on that one? Real worship opens the spiritual world. If it doesn't, it's just an entertainment. Real worship brings reverence, brings sincerity. That's what real worship does. And I hope, musician, you would know, we are not performers. Hallelujah. You know, we've got people that can sing better in the world. But you know why, even if they can sing a gospel song, they will never bless us? It's because in their innermost being, they don't know who they are worshiping. Hallelujah. There isn't a, a worshiper that has been saved has got the effect that they have upon you. Is because what they transmit, they transmit the life that is in them. I, I hope somebody understands what I'm talking about. Then it says it makes them behave themselves unseemingly. Now, to the text that we have just read here, because I said, your worship, it, there must be somebody who becomes an object of worship. We see Jesus, the Samaritan woman, and we have seen how the priest reacted to Jesus. This is what you see on the surface is a man speaking to a woman and say, give me the water, and the woman says, look, ah, uh, I'm just losing a track because I'm getting somewhere. Let's read this one so that we can follow it up. John chapter 4. Let's start it right there. Then say if the verse 9, say then. Now, verse 6, rather. Now, Jacob's well, 
he had to go by the way of Samaria, you remember that one? And it says in verse 7, verse 6, now Jacob's well was there. Don't, yeah, okay, you can do it like that. Then Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, set a dust on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Then cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest to drink of me, which am I a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. There was some sort of segregation that was going on there. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Say, Thou hast nothing to draw with, the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that, that living water? Verse 12, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well? and drank there of himself and his children and his cattle, because now Jesus was talking about a different type of water. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall, shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Say, Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast spoken, thou hast said, Well, I have no husband. For thou hast had five, and the woman that, and he whom that now has is not thy husband in thy in that said thou truly. Amen. And the woman, when she realized her matters were being brought to the surface, she said, say, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And he said that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when he shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Now, this is the conversation that is taking place on, on the surface. Hallelujah. But we have come to learn, the prophet say, as the conversation was taking place, Jesus was contacting the woman's spirit. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's why we often say there is more to you than what meets the eye. Yes. Now, when as they were talking here, and they spoke about worship, Jesus says, look, woman, the hour is coming where you will not worship God in Jerusalem or worship God in the mountain, but you will worship God in spirit because the God is a spirit. Hallelujah. Now, you, you ask yourself a question and say, why did this woman was able to identify that Jesus was the Messiah, but yet she was a prostitute, but yet the priest had no idea of who Jesus was? This is on the surface. The expectation is that he who goes to church must understand who Jesus is. And he who does not go to church will never understand who Jesus is. But amazingly, the one that never went to church had an understanding. The one that went to church every day absolutely had no understanding. 
it has to do with this picture. I don't know, brothers, you deactivated my screen. Amen. We've been through this. Hallelujah. It, it had to do with, I'm trying to show you who the real worshippers will be. The priest, when you looked at him on the surface, he was a spiritual man. But when you went beyond him, he was a carnal man. The Samaritan look, woman looked carnal. But when you went further and looked, you found that she was spiritual. Let's take it this way. When Elohim was there, the Samaritan woman was there as an attribute. And the priest was not there. Hallelujah. So sometimes, do not judge the book by its cover. Because you do not know where that person originates from. When Elohim co-descended and became the the Logos, the Samaritan woman was there as the Theophany. Hallelujah. And when that Logos became flesh, the Samaritan woman became flesh. And here was the priest that became flesh like the rest of Canaan lineage. But you look at here, when they met, the reason this one could know who Jesus was is because she was there when Jesus was Elohim. She was there when he condescended and became the Logos. So that means the Samaritan woman would have been blessed by this scripture, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the way. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh. And if you say in the beginning was the way, the Samaritan woman, something in her, could have said, I was there. When the word became the logos, Elohim became the logos, she could have said, I was there. But this fellow here was never there. And was never there. That's why he could never understand him here. But the Samaritan woman realized that's why when they began to speak about the place and say, our fathers worshipped in the mountain and you say we must worship in Jerusalem. The, Jesus says to the woman, believe me. Amen. Why is he saying believe me? Because why? He was becoming an object of worship. Amen. Worship is no longer directed to a place, but it's directed to a person. Yes. And that person was once a spirit, a great fountain of life. And those that will worship the Father must worship him in spirit and in truth. Because he seeketh such. Are we still together? Amen. Amen. Let's stand here for a few minutes. Is this there? Amen. I've been here. And... This is the quotation that I wanted to read on who is this Melchizedek. Brother Brennan says, God vindicates that. That's always been right. God vindicates it to be true. Show plainly, the predestinated is the only one that's considered in redemption. He says, let me say that again. The predestinated is the only one that's considered in redemption. The priest can never be considered in redemption because he was not predestinated. But the Samaritan woman could be considered because she was predestinated. Are you with me? Yes, Amen. Amen. 
This is where we start now. Amen. Well, I think it is Isaiah. He says, in the year that Isaiah died, I also, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled to the temple. Above it, stood the seraphims, and each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. And one cried out unto another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the, vo- the house was filled with smoke. Are we together? When you look at Isaiah, real worship will always lead you to the throne of God. Are we together? Now, we know that Moses built the tabernacle, but it was partnered after the tabernacle that he had seen in heaven. And the the tabernacle that he had seen in heaven, it had three courts, but I'm not going to be that. But it says, there was a one sitting on the throne. And there were four living creatures around him. And there were 24 elders around the throne. Are we together? Hosea, when he he went there in the day that Hosea died, he he saw the Lord. Real worship must make you to see God. And he says, when I was there, he was overwhelmed when he saw this majesty, when he saw the Lord, when he saw the Lord ruling And it says, when I was there, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted, and his train filled the temple. And there stood the seraphims. And we know that around the throne of God, there's always been cherubims and seraphims that have been singing throughout the ages, holy, holy unto the Lord. Are we together? Now, but we will get there. We'll get somewhere because... In 1963, those seraphims and cherubims stopped. They had been worshipping the Almighty God for eternity. But in 1963, they stopped. Because there was silence in heaven for half an hour. What happened to them? It used to be an angelic affair. But in 1963... The noise that was in heaven of worship came upon the face of the earth. Now it is the people upon the face of the earth that are saying, Holy, holy unto the the Lord. Why is it like that? Because the prophet says the first throne was in heaven. And whenever you see the throne, you must know there are four living creatures around the throne. Hallelujah. But he says the second throne was in Christ. Are we together? That is why you see the four gospels, which is Matthew, Luke, John. Hallelujah. Did I say Mark? It should be Mark here. Hallelujah. So it's John, Matthew, Luke, and Mark. Hallelujah. This four gospels, and I, I, I went to look and I said, why would God allow the four gospels? When you go into the book of Matthew, 
Matthew, when he starts, he speaks about the genealogy of Christ. He starts with the first man, Adam, and traces Christ with his genealogy because this was very important to the Jews. And that is why every time he wrote, hallelujah, every time he wrote, he would say, this happened so that the words of Isaiah could be fulfilled. Everything, he will capture finer details to convince the Jews that this is the one that we have long been waiting for. He was the lion. Are we together? Now, you move to Mark. Mark, when you read the book of Mark, Mark speaks about Christ being a servant that came to serve rather than being served. Mark, when he wrote that book, he, had, he wanted to persuade the Romans because the Romans understood the relationship between the master and the servant. Are we together? Amen. Keeps on moving. Now, when you go to Luke, Luke was a doctor. And Luke wanted to be precise about events. He would even tell you that he had leprosy on the right side. He would say he, he was sweating and his sweat was like the blood drops. Luke, he wanted to convince the Gentiles. Are we together? But the, the beautiful book here is the book of John. When everybody started with the humanity of Christ, but John went beyond and said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. Until such time, because when you look at the Greeks, they were seeking for wisdom. But when you look at the Jew, they were seeking for a sign. But today, we have both the sign and the wisdom. Are we together? Because we preach Christ the crucified. That's why in the book of John, you heard that there were certain Greeks that wanted to hear about this man called Jesus. Because they were said, say, would we see Jesus? Now, these books are guiding the gospel. Matthew was the lion. And then Luke was a man. Mark was the ox. John was a flying eagle. And they are all guarding the throne. But the prophet says, now the throne that was once in heaven, the throne that was now in Christ, today is in a man. That means you, wherever you go, there is a throne of God upon your heart. And if there is a throne of God upon your heart, then it means the same protection that was warranted for the throne when it was in heaven. The same protection that warranted the throne when it was in Christ. That same protection is warranted for you. So that means worship is not something that you go to church for. But worship is in you 24-7. Today, I don't want to wait till I come to church to be joyful. I don't want to wait until I come to church to be blessed. I want wherever I am to be blessed. I want wherever I am to be in a state of worship. Because let me tell you something, folks. Once worship opens the supernatural world, you would never ever want to leave that world. Because when you enter, let me tell you something. The devil can follow you.
diseases. The devil can throw depression at you. The devil can throw stress at you. But you know that you will never be stressful and yet worship at the same time? They never go together. Because worship makes you to enter into a realm where the devil can never follow you. And that is why I would better say it to you. The devil hates it when you worship. The devil wants to keep you at this realm because worship makes you to migrate. Worship can make you while everybody, you are sitting with everybody, but you get transcended into certain sphere. And people look around and they don't know what is happening to you. That's what worship will do. Worship can find you while you are in a taxi. And you are going to work and everybody is complaining. But in your heart, there is a sense of gratitude because in your heart, there is a throne of God. And right in your heart, there can be holy, holy, holy that is going on. Hallelujah. And I realize that for you to be a worshiper, it doesn't mean that you've got to be a good singer. You can still not be able to sing, but be a worshiper. Hallelujah. And when you're a worshiper, you create an atmosphere around you. Have you picked up that certain people when you walk into their atmosphere, you just feel like everything is going to be right. And they've never spoken to you. And there are some folks who enter into their atmosphere. You feel tense. You feel like goodness. It seems like everything is going to fall apart. It is the atmosphere that they transmit. It depends what is on your throne. Are we together? Even as we come to church, there are people that bring a a sweet atmosphere. Hallelujah. And there are people that are far away from worship. I don't know whether have you ever seen where you are in church and you are having a good time. Somebody keeps on looking at their watch. Somebody looks at the equipment of their watch. You know what's happening? They are not there. They have not entered where you have entered. That's why if the pastor says, can I continue? Some say amen and some look at them and say, you are getting interested into trouble. We thought the man is done. What I'm simply mean is that as I'm preaching to you right here, I'm preaching to you in different spheres. And the reason we had music before I came, it was so that they can locate you and bring you into a state of worship to prepare the ground for the word so that the word, when it comes like a seed, it must be planted and bring forth life. And that's why Brother Bram said the most difficult thing is to bring people into a state of worship. Because as I'm speaking right now, the devil is behind your ear. He's saying a lot of things. He's reminding of your trials until you feel down right in church. Until you feel defeated right in church. But I've got a message for you. Worship can make the table to no longer reach you. Worship can make you enter the realms where stress becomes foreign. A lot of times when you find somebody having stress, it's because they concentrate on what they don't have rather than on what they have. Hallelujah. Because if you concentrate on what you have, you are full of gratitude. 
And let me tell you something. You've got many reasons to worship God. You've got many reasons to have a gratitude for the almighty God. Many of you, you were not willed on a wheelchair to come to church. You walk on two feet. Why don't you start saying, David, he gave me two feet. Many of you got two arms. Why don't you say to the devil, I've got two hands. I've got two eyes. I will use everything that I have to glorify him. But the devil will come and whisper to your ear and say, but that account has not been paid. The, the devil loves our humanity. That's why when Jesus expressed the deity, the devil hated because he loved him as a humanity. When he was tired, the devil was celebrating and saying, he's tired. But when he stood up and said to the storm, be still. That made the devil to be mad. Because he was moving from the humanity to the deity. When he went to the tomb of Lazarus and cried, the devil was smiling. He said, your God is crying. But when he stood and said, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. It irritated the devil. This morning, the devil wants you to say, I'm tired. Tell him that through Christ, I can do all. That's what he hates now. He says, look, you are not going to make it. Tell him greater is he that is in me. Now you are making the devil to go crazy. And I would rather say, some of you us, we love perverted worship. A life of complaint is a perverted worship to the devil. I will repeat that so that it can sink in. Every day when you complain, you are simply worshipping the devil in a perverted manner. But I want to say today, let us worship God during the good times, during the bad times. Let us acknowledge his majesty. Because you and I know God better than the world people know him. I, I, I just wonder how many of you this morning, when you woke up, your heart was full of gratitude. You looked at the books, the spoken words, you looked at the prophets, and you remembered where God took you from, and you remember where you are today. It makes your heart to be full of gratitude. Me, there are times where I get overwhelmed and I say, goodness, this prophet says, let us travel some hundreds of billions of years ago. Let us go back to the back part of the mind of God. And he said, brother Mariva, I have found you. At the back part of the mind of God, it makes my heart to be full of gratitude. To say I was there even before the devil was there. I was there before the demons were there. As an attribute in his mind, it makes me want to worship him. Are you still with me? And I wonder how many of you can say that quotation, that scripture, brother, it just makes me, 
it just, it just makes me shed my own tears. Believers don't cry anymore. <laughs> no, they don't cry anymore. I'm not saying crying in church. I'm saying in your private, in your closet. While you are sitting down. And you think, oh my, where is my mind going? Before the beginning, when he was ending him, as a great fountain of life. And there is a halo that came out of him. And that halo was in the form of the Son of God. And that halo was Christ. And he condescended until he became flesh to die for me. If you were there, it just overwhelms you. And that's why when David was overwhelmed, he said, what is man? That you should be mindful of him. He looks at his up. David was the most, was a terrible backslider. I do not know anybody that was as great worshiper as David was and anybody that was as evil as David was. Quite the oxymoronic. Because this is the same guy, when they are fighting out there, he calls the man and says, look, he takes another man's wife and realizes what he has done. He calls that man from the battle and says, go to your house and go and relax. And the man says to him, he goes to the gates, he sits with men there, and David realizes that he did not even go to his house. Then he says to him, why don't you go to your wife? He says, how can I go? and relax with my family when the army of the Lord is fighting. Surely, if you've got humanity, you should have said, he should have said, no, man. I make sure there is a mistake that I've done for you. I want to repent. No, he still plans for his murder. And say, take the letter here, seals it, tells the man there and say, take this man, put him where the war is raging so that he can die in the war. And he goes there, but God comes and says to the same, about the same man, a man after my own heart. Amen. You know why? David, as much as he was evil, but David had the ability to repent genuinely. God says, he's not saying everything is going to be well. There are times where you will be defeated, but God is looking for a man when he has fallen to rise again. And when you fall again, to rise again. Because God counts you when you rise rather than when you fall. And that's why this man was a worshiper. Are you still with me? Amen. I said, the first throne was in heaven. Judgment seat. Depending on what was there. If it was the blood, it was a mercy seat. If the blood was removed, it was a judgment seat. The second throne was in Christ. The third throne is in a man. Today, Brother Brenham sees two, a couple. They are busy kissing each other during the church service. And the Holy Spirit says, you can speak. Whatever say must happen will happen. And Brother Brenham looked at them and said, I 
forgive you. It tells you that the throne that was in him, it was the mercy seat. And that same throne that was in the prophet is in you. No matter how much they make you angry, somehow you still find a way to pray for them. No matter how much they offend you, you still have the ability to forgive them. It it depends what is in your heart. That's why if a believer, if somebody can do something to you and say, wish they can die, then we look at you and say, the problem is in you. Because when he was hanging on the cross, with a throne in him, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Are we together? Let us come back to the other slide. I don't know this thing. Backwards. Amen. Now, John says, I saw the one sitting on the throne. Can we read it? Revelation chapter 4. Amen. Verse 1. It says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as, as it were of Christ, of vo- as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee these things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. You've got to be in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow run about the throne, and inside like unto an emerald. And run about the throne were four and twenty-four seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God that God sent throughout the seven church ages. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne, run about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. They are watching. The first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts and each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and, the rest no, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, Holy, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Hallelujah. When those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and forever, the four and twenty elders 
fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and forever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lamb, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. For thy pleasure they are and were created. This is worship going on in heaven. Revelation chapter 5 verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with the seven seals. And I saw a throne, a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who's worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Brother Bram says, Abraham was there, but he spoke a lie. Jacob was there, he spoke a lie. Isaac was there. He was not perfect. Isaiah was there. Was not perfect. Moses was there. Was not perfect. He says, even, I want to say, even Brother Branham's was there. He's the orphan. But he was not perfect. He said, all the saints were there. But no one was with him. And Brother Branham says, as long as that book was not taken, Calvary meant nothing. The songs that we sing, it shall never lose its power. We're going to come to naught as long as that book was not taken. But while he was there, John says, And I wept much because no man was worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Brother Brennan says, John looked and saw the whole creation turning back into molecules and atoms. Everything was nullified. All the songs came to nothing. All the verses came to nothing. It was gloomy until he cried. But while he was crying, one of the elders tapped him on the shoulder and said, John, weep not. Behold, there is a lion of the tribe of Judah. Folks, let me tell you something. This lion of the tribe of Judah is our object of worship. This this lion of the tribe of Judah has got no battle that he will ever lose. And it was to give John an encouragement that this is, do not be despondent. There is still hope. He tapped him and said, behold, there is a lion of the tribe of Judah. And that's who we are worshipping today. He is the object of our worship. And it says, one of the elders saith unto him, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. And behold, lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God, sent forth unto the world. He says, there is a lion. He turns around. He finds a bleeding lamb. Brother Branham says, these things were happening in splits of seconds. The lion and the lamb is not two people. That same lamb became the lion. He was the lamb when he was taken up to Calvary 
to go and die for you. He was a lamb when he died on the cross and said, My Lord, my Lord, why have thou forsaken me? But folks, today, he is not a lamb. He is a roaring lion. We we have moved from the lamb ministry to the lion ministry. Because this is a season of claiming. And it says, and the seven spirits are the seven messengers throughout the seven church ages. Brother Bruno says it's actually not seven spirits. It's one spirit that expresses itself seven times. That's why when you got into the tabernacle, how they lit the candlestick. They took one candle, lit to the next, put it back, took the next, lit the next, to show that it's the same fire. No wonder Brother Bram said, I preach exactly what Paul has preached. Are you still with me? And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat Look, there was no old man sitting on the throne. And another young man going to fetch the book. Don't be carnal here. It was the same God. Who took the book out of himself? Brother Brother say he took the book out of himself. Are we still together? And it says, and when he had taken the book, if you can remove them, my brother, and when that one, the picture behind. When he had taken the book, and the four beasts and four and twenty elders, these ones, They fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Hallelujah. It wasn't it, David, when we read the psalm and said, Sing unto the Lord a new song. You cannot be in the world and come into the message and still sing the same song. The song of defeat. No, we need a victory beat. I I cannot serve God under the revealed word of the hour and behave like a denominational chicken. No, I'm an eagle. I fly higher. An eagle, when he flies higher, I've never seen an eagle crying and say, hey, the storms are heavy. The currents there in the sky are an asset to the eagle. And the very thing that keeps the eagle up there, you are trials. What you have been through and what you are going to go through. As I'm speaking right here, some are coming out of a trial. Some are going into a trial. Some are being prepared for a trial. What matters is that everybody is going to go through a trial. But it depends who you are. I mean, an eagle sails on the current. I can imagine what the eagle says. It looks and says, God, you are the creator of the universe. I look at the earth, you created it. I look at the heaven, you created it. Oh God, you are in charge. 
be like an eagle. When they had taken, when he had taken the book, and they sang a new song, saying, "Thou worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, because the book had our names written in the Lamb's book of life, not in 1994 when you came to the convention, no say." Before the foundation of the world, he, he wrote your name. Did he know you? Yes, he knew you. Did he know that you were going to be a smoker? Yes. Did he know that you were going to be an adulterer? Yes. Did he know that you were going to fall? Yes. Did he know your weaknesses? Yes. But he still said, I'm writing his name. With my own blood in the book. Hallelujah. And the beauty, even the devil was not there to stop him. It was unconditional, unmerited grace. This is my guy. This is my woman. This is a believer. And he took that book and sold it. And nobody knew the contents because there was no one worthy to take the book. And when John saw that the book had been taken, the host of heaven began to sing a new song and said, Thou art worthy. This is worship now. Because you ascribe worthiness to the one that you worship. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto our our God, kings and priests, we shall reign on the earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is a statement of victory. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round, round about the throne, and the beast and the elders and the numbers were 10,000 times, 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power. He said, I saw angels. Brother Branham says, the saints of all ages were there. In what form? In their theophanies. We were there and we witnessed the entire part that was taking place. And after this, after he had taken the book, I'm running ahead of myself because of time. After he took the book, an open book, then, take, a, take that one. Just take this thing, I need the image. After he took the book, hallelujah, this, we're worshipping him. And the seraphims and the cherubim and the four living creatures. Then he stood up on the throne. With an open book. And left the throne. This is now. We are jumping into Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 10 verse 1. And I saw the mighty angel. Descending out of heaven. With an open book. And when he came out. Revelation chapter 10 verse 7. And there was another angel. To receive the mighty angel. 
And he gave the book to the earthly messenger. And the earthly messenger took the book and gave it to you and said, eat the book. Eat the book. And become the book. And prophesy. Can these bones live again, son of man? After I've eaten the book, I can prophesy and say they will come from the east. They will come from the west. They will come from the north. They will come from the south. And here they are. Because their names, let me tell you something. I don't care what the devil can do. There is one thing that he will never do. There is no eraser. There is no eraser that can work to remove my name in the Lamb's book of life. And I had much better say this. Even God himself cannot remove my name. He put it there and it was once and for all. And John, Brother Branham says, when John saw the book being opened, and he says, John peeped through, and saw the book opened, and he says, John that was crying started to have a jubilee, because he, he stood there and looked and saw another John. Your name is not a couple of letters. Your name is your theophany. He is a king theophany. He was coming down with other theophanies. And when John saw the other John, he started praising God and said, Lamb, you are worthy. He started worshiping and said, everything in heaven and everything on earth and everything in the sea had I, John, Saying hallelujah. That is worship going on. Your worship must be so great. That it is felt in heaven. It must be so great. That it suppresses the elements of the enemy. Upon the earth. It must be so great. That it binds every demon in the sea. And I can tell you something. You you can go through a lot of things. There's one thing that God will never take away from you. The ability to worship him. You, you, can have, you can have a cancer-ridden body. Where you struggle to walk and they carry you. But something in you will say, my soul says yes, Lord. Your, your employer can never take your praise, my brother. No one can take your praise. You were given to by the almighty God. That's why this morning I say, let everything that has breath worship the Lord. Does it deserve to be worshipped? Yes, sir. Why does it deserve to be worshipped? He found me. I never looked for him. He searched for me. He went around the world till he found me. And here I am. And you can sing a song, I shall never be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water. Let me tell you something. There will come storm after storm. Real believers will remain standing. 
You were predestinated to be a victor. Don't be a complainer. You were predestined to be a victor. When you get into the battle, look around and say, Oh God, I know that the outcome is certain. I'm coming out of this battle as an overcomer. And today, heaven was silent, but there was noise upon the face of the earth. Believers from different kindreds were worshiping God. And I want to say this. Some of us, we have long been in the message. And the devil has stolen our joy. Because there's been politics, there's been betrayal, counter-betrayal. A lot of things have happened. Until when you come to church, you are suspicious. Where is it going to go? Let me tell you something. Migrate from those realms. Migrate from those realms. The bride is going to come out of this world as an overcomer. And I'm saying I'm part of the people that will come out as overcomers. And I'm going to worship God. Whether you talk about me, I'm going to worship God. Whether you hate me, I'm going to worship God. Because why? I was there when he was Elohim. And here I am to continue on my post of duty. Are we together? I know believers that have stopped worshiping God because they got disappointed. Things happen. This happened in church. Amen. With recent developments, a brother phoned me from somewhere and said, Hey, Pastor, are you depressed? I said, Who? Oh, I'm too blessed to be depressed. Amen. Oh, we've got no time for depression. I'm not, if you've got depression, we can, we can help you. The best way, start having gratitude. If I was you and I'm struggling with depression, I will go and have notes that I write. Every morning I will write. Oh, God, you are wonderful. I'm wonderfully. Then you write those things. And when you feel depressed, you go into the room with those notes you look. I tell you, you will bow down and say, the demon of depression, leave me alone. Because I know who I worship. together here. There's nothing that must ever disappoint you too much to quit God. No. He made you. And folks, I see when men age, they start being shy in church. It's time to show the young ones and say, you don't know where he found us. I look at the young ones that come yesterday and claim to know better than I know. I look at them and say, you don't know. You don't know where we come from. You don't know doctrines that we fought. Giants that we fought. I was a young man when I received this message. And let me tell you, if I will live my life again, I will live this message again. Unashamedly so. Are we together? I'm not sitting there and say, hey, when I was still young, I missed on fun. Fun for what? For the David. Many of the people that had fun are in the grave. And I'm here preaching the gospel. What preserved me? To be under the banner of the message. And I've got a message for the David. I'm not going to move out. 
I'm here to stay. And you young fellas, be like that. Be like that. The brother said on Wednesday, when you believe the message, the younger you get. If you're not a believer, I mean, a 40-year-old man that is not a believer, when you compare with him with a 40-year that is a believer, there's a difference. This one looks tired. The face is... Goodness. Even the veins sometimes are visible. But this other 41 is relaxed. He walks like a gentleman. He's sober in his thinking. Because why? He's under the blood. He's protected. Stay there. You'll remain younger. Sister Maria, are you 84? 84? 80? 78. She looks younger. She's not even using a walking stick. Many of her folks have got gout. If they sort out gout, then there's a back pain. If there's a back pain, there is a headache. But to be in the Lord is joy. I don't know how many are prepared to worship God this morning. Amen. I don't know how many are prepared to worship God. Maybe let's say we are standing in his presence we are standing on holy ground we are having a communion service before the communion we are not going to preach we are just going to sing as congregation we are just going to worship God we are just going to relax take, take off your jacket and relax it's not an entertainment it's sincerity we know who we are worshiping, we are approaching with a sense of sincerity. We are standing on holy ground.
many can say, we know that he is the Lord. Amen. And therefore we can put our trust in him. Amen. Just give us another one as we wrap up in prayer. We'll be starting at 4 o'clock. Just make it on time at 4 o'clock. Amen. So we'll just have a worship, long worship service. And then after we'll just go and partake the Lord's Supper. Yeah.
Heavenly Father, we are so grateful. We appreciate you. We don't have words, Heavenly Father, to express, Lord, that will be sufficient. Heavenly Father, how we are so grateful. How you are so wonderful to our lives. You are a father. You are a friend. You are everything unto us. Whatever that we need, Almighty God. Heavenly Father, you are all sufficient. Mighty God, once more this afternoon, we have had thy weight, Almighty God that we must worship you, Heavenly Father, wherever we are, Almighty God. On our way home, Heavenly Father, on our way to work, Almighty God, on our way to school, Heavenly Father, when we are at home, Heavenly Father, doing whatever that we'll be doing, Almighty God, we must worship thee, Heavenly Father. Worship you, Heavenly Father, by praising you, Lord. Yes. If there is a sinner who doesn't know you, Heavenly Father, we take him or her by the hand by doing so we worship you, Lord. Amen. If there is anyone that doesn't have hope, Almighty Jesus, Amen. that sicknesses of this world have been destroying and tormenting him or her, Father, yes. you hold him or her by the hand and tell her that there is an Almighty God, there is a healer who healing all thy diseases. By doing so, we are worshiping you, Lord. Heavenly Father, if there is anyone that is discouraged along the way, Heavenly Father, as we know, the devil, Almighty God, he comes with the negativity, Heavenly Father. You hold him or her by the hand and tell her that, Heavenly Father, it is later than we think, Lord. By doing so, we are worshiping you, Lord. Heavenly Father, by coming to church, gathered in this fashion, Heavenly Father, Praying one for each for each other, Heavenly Father. Yes. You are worshiping you, Lord. Heavenly Father, by remembering Almighty God, one another in thy in, in, in your way, Heavenly Father. Almighty God, we are worshiping you, Lord. Heavenly Father, by uplifting each other, Heavenly Father. Praying for one another, Heavenly Father. We are worshiping thee, Heavenly Father. By listening to thy word, Heavenly Father, we are worshiping thee, Heavenly Father. By praising you, Heavenly Father, yes. we are worshiping thee, Heavenly Father. By believing your word, Heavenly Father, Amen. we are worshiping you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we say, whatever that we do that is aligned with your word, Almighty God, we are worshiping thee, Heavenly Father. Oh, Almighty God, we praise thee, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Mighty God, we say, whosoever that came under this roof, Heavenly Father, we say, bless us, Heavenly Father. You know our needs, Heavenly Father. If there is anyone who is sick, Almighty God, that is our prayer this afternoon, Heavenly Father. We say, when he or she goes out of this door, Heavenly Father, may she feel healed, Almighty God. We pray, Heavenly Father, once more, we say, bless thy children, Heavenly Father. Bless our dear and precious pastor, Heavenly we know, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, that whatever that He took from Thee, Heavenly Father, 
virtue has gone out of them. Out of God. Yes. Heavenly Father, restore the virtue, Heavenly Father. Give him strength and wisdom, Heavenly Father. To what, Heavenly Father, to keep on leading thy church, Heavenly Father. Bless us, Heavenly Father. We know we came here with different needs, Almighty God. Those who need abundantly, Heavenly Father, we say give them abundantly. But ever, Heavenly Father, we know our hearts, Almighty God. Heavenly Father, we commit our lives to Almighty Jesus. Or we give ourselves unto thee, Heavenly Father. We say, use us, Heavenly Father. Continue, Heavenly Father, to bless the church, Heavenly Father. Oh, Almighty God, we don't have words, Heavenly Father. We say we thank you once more this afternoon, Heavenly Father. Bless the church, Heavenly Father. You know we need thee, Heavenly Father, more than any other thing, Heavenly Father. So, Heavenly Father, continue to bless us. And we pray, Heavenly Father, we commit everything, Almighty God, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all the church shall say,
I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. And then see you at four o'clock. Be on time. Be expectant. Come with praise. Amen. I don't mind waiting. Abraham waited. I don't